Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we are back and welcome to Ayers on the Road. <laughs> Linda always points at me like you start this time, but I, you just have such a musical voice, Linda. And when you start, people... When you speak, people listen. (laughs) (laughs) You are stubborn. (laughs) He will not take the cue. Anyway, good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. Thank you so much for joining us. This is always so fun to just spend a half an hour talking about a fun topic, um, which uh, always includes somehow being Ayers on the Road. Yeah, Ayers on the Road is right, and we... We often wonder what time people listen. You know, sometimes people will say, well, I, I couldn't sleep, so I listened to your podcast. <laughs> so and that, that we, put me right to sleep. Yeah, we never know. <laughs> and in a way, we don't even want to know because we like to just sort of imagine you sitting right across our kitchen bar here from us where, or wherever we're recording. And we always, we always either do this live or close to live. We always do it within like a day. Uh, the weekend when it, it always releases on Saturday, as you know, is always the first day you can get ours on the road. And we've always recorded it earlier that day or the day before. So it's always, we want it always to be current. We don't want to be saying something and not have it match with what, where it is and so on. So of course, today we're into the, you know, second week in November and Everybody we know is getting ready for Thanksgiving in some way or other and sort of entering this marvelous holiday time, um, which a lot of people say starts the 1st of October because it's this crazy sequence of Halloween and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas. But so often, Thanksgiving's the one that gets left out. And we're on a two-person crusade to remember that Thanksgiving is where it's really at. It is really such a fun season. And, you know, funnily enough, so many people, when I say, oh, I just love Thanksgiving, they say, oh, that is my favorite holiday yeah, of the year. Yeah, they do. But um, it does get passed over a little bit. But it's not a commercial holiday like Halloween and Christmas. As Richard said, though, um, it feels like you're kind of sitting across the um, the bar or... Well, the island, the kitchen <laughs> or, island, or in front of a fireplace with us, because we we've kind of gone into a little pattern here this year of uh, talking about certain things, and you probably have not noticed that really, because I'm sure. Well, maybe that, listening we every week, it all the time, uh, but you know, we always spend the first week of the month, the first show of the month, on some aspect of giving thanks and our gratitude journals and all that, and. We always spend the second one on three-generation families, talking about grandparenting, parenting, and the teamwork that can go into raising kids, because that's where we are. We're trying to form these powerful partnerships with each of our children in terms of us supporting them in the raising of their kids, our grandkids. Boy, there's a lot to learn there. There's just so much to learn on how to be a good support to your children if you're a grandparent, how, how to let them always be the stewards and the ones in charge and 
to never step on their toes and yet to be proactive and really make a difference as a grandparent. And if you're a parent, it's that same sensitivity. How do I, how do I use the resource of my parents, the grandparents, but keep them from spoiling my kids or, (laughs) you know, taking away my initiative or telling me I don't know how to parent or (laughs) whatever. Yeah. Right. And then, so it's the second Second week, so that's what we're going to be talking about today, and we're excited. And uh, I have to say that the only podcast I've actually, well, I follow some week by week, that's true, but often I just pop in once in a while. So if you're popping in today, welcome, and we are excited to talk about not only Thanksgiving, but grandchildren and future generations. What could go better than Thanksgiving and the holiday season and the three-generation family with the grandparents. Now, we know, believe me, do we know from the people we talk to and the things we do that it's not all wine and roses. It's not all happy days. It's not all, oh, let's get together and we all love each other and we'll have a great Thanksgiving dinner and we all agree on everything, including politics and religion, and we just are all unified. <laughs> that kind of family doesn't exist, unfortunately. I mean, maybe it's what we're all working toward, but uh, none of us are anywhere close. And so don't let anything we say make you feel like, oh, well, it's easy for them to say, but they don't know about my estranged son, or they don't know about the difficulty I'm having with this grandchild or whatever. We do know, and we know that it's all, it's just a week. I mean, I don't know, Linda, we just feel like the best defense is a good offense. And if all we do is talk about the problems and the worries and how are we going to solve them and how are we going to get past this difficulty, I mean, we need to. We need to address the, the relationship issues within our families and all the issues within our families, but we don't have to dwell on solving problems all the time. We can talk about the good things. What isn't bad? What It's kind of like a corollary to when we wake up in the morning. Now that we're getting a little older, we can start off by telling each other what part hurts that morning of our bodies. <laughs> or we can say, hey, you know, my, my right arm feels fine. I don't have any problem with it. <laughs> we could start on the things that are good. You know, it's so easy to think about what's going wrong instead of what's going right. Um, we have a daughter who was really violently ill yesterday, coming uh, with throwing up, coming out both ends uh, and with four little kids to take care of. And, and, um, uh, It's so interesting because just before I came on the show, I texted her to see how she was today. I ran down to help with the kids for a few hours and um, helped her with dinner. And, you know, it was it was great for me. But anyway, I wrote and said, how are you feeling? And she said, well, I'm doing better today. But my husband is now I've got the same thing I have. And the problem is he's just taking the day off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I why is that? Taken the day off. Is that that um, I have to destroy through with these kids? And uh, I thank you for your, you know, four hours of help. But it really is not fair, and it isn't fair. I mean, I remember that feeling so well. Sorry, honey, but you know, when you get sick, you just kind of go to bed, and 
And it really... <laughs> Wait a second. I'm trying to put you to bed when you're sick. <laughs> well, true. You're, you're very helpful. But when you have little kids, you know, you can't just stop. But anyway, well, that's... Uh, just to your point, yeah. it is so important to be positive rather than negative as much as you can. But that was bad. <laughs> that was bad yesterday. Well, and I'm we gonna, all deserve to complain once in a while. I'm going to jump in and say that I, you know, we had we had a really interesting dinner this past week with a we're not going to say any names because these are conversations that are somewhat private. But we had a dinner with a wonderful couple. He holds a very high political office. And um, one of the things we talked about is their view as a couple of the power of optimism and the idea that uh, he was telling us he'd just been speaking at a university in the state. And he decided one of the things to dwell on was just to kind of go after this sort of macro negative assumption that kind of hangs over our society these days where kids are saying, you know, the statistics say that I, I will not have as good a life as my parents. I'll make less money. I'll live in a smaller house. I'll have more economic woes. The economy will be worse. And it's the first generation in the history of our country that's, that's likely to be worse off financially than their, than their parents were. Uh, woe is me, you know, we've got all these issues, we've got all this anxiety, we've got all this depression, because of social media, we're all feeling inadequate, on and on and on and on. And look at the numbers, look how high uh, depression is, and so on. And he said, I just wanted to say, hey, you live in the greatest time ever. You have more possibilities than anyone ever has had before. All the things that have happened in our world that have negative and dark, maybe some aspects to them, are also tremendous opportunities. And we and we live in a wonderful time. And we live, most of us, in beautiful places. We're sitting here in Park City looking out and this little cloud is burning off and it's this gorgeous winter wonderland. Why can't we all find this gift of optimism. And then yesterday we were, we were speaking at a wonderful mom's summit. Wasn't that great? That Ellie? was really great. And there was so much optimism there, you yeah, know? A lot of energy and enthusiasm for uh for parenting and taking your life in your hands and going forward with it. It was really great. It was called Parenting in the Digital Age, led by our good friends. Jamie Taylor and Mike Taylor, who just did an incredible job. We had a live session with a lot of people who live close by in, in this part of Utah, but there were Why not literally it? tens of thousands online listening in. And the speakers were all, isn't it interesting how optimistic they all were? Because the subject matter, you know, some people view it as kind of dark, right? Like, what is social media doing to our children? How do we get them off their screen? They're addicted to their screens. Can we get them to get out and play ball instead or, you know, see the real world rather than the virtual world? But but the tone of it was so optimistic. These are things we can control and we can use them for our children's good. Right. It was really exciting. Everybody had a little different take on what, uh, you know, what you can do not only control, but to embrace this amazing thing 
um, that we're that we have the privilege of having now at this late time in the world's history. It is really it was really fun. There were so many good speakers. One of the we met some people we'd never met before, presenters who were really good, some of them very young. There was one mom who I thought just knocked it out of the park and she the topic of her her thing was uh, virtual candy, I think, or screen time candy. And she used the analogy of you <laughs> she told the story that she bought these Oreos for her kids to give them as treats, but she ate them all. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I just can't be around Oreos. They they, they just make themselves go in, in my mouth. Yeah, you get the, and, the uh, same thing with M&M's. I'm, I'm yeah, just going to eat 10 M&M's yeah. and I'm not going to eat any more. So but, you know, what if you had a package of M&M's strapped on you all the time? Would you say, oh, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm only going to eat two of these each day or something. Yeah. No, you'd just keep eating them. And that's how our phone, that's how phones are to our kids. And so it was all about how we can't just let it go. And the sponsor, and we were doing it at their headquarters, Gab Wireless, who, as you know, offers a phone that all it is is a it's a dumb phone. It's not a smartphone. You can't get <laughs> online and you can't get social media. You can just call and you check. contact your kids, and your kids and, can take they take care of each other. It is really and and we're on to that now. Parents are on to that. Parents are all finding a way to have a defense for for social media and for screen time. But our little part, our, our keynote was was about, it's not about the defense of saying, you can only be on your phone for this much time a day. It's like instead doing these things in your home that's creating a strong family culture where you're doing things at dinner time. They're so fun that kids don't want their phone right then. I mean, you take them away anyway at dinner time, but they, they, you, know, you get them going on things that are good in your family culture whether it's your traditions or your, the rituals you do each day or the things you, the outings you go on, you make it so involving that they're not pining away for their phones, right? Right. It was really brilliant. And so many. What was your favorite part? Um, well, I just felt that there were some uh, dads, a lot of really outstanding dads as well as moms. I thought there was a feeling of we can do this instead yeah, of yeah, I'm helpless. Kind of I'm do. helpless. I can't. I just don't know what to do. There were so many good ideas and, you know, bright minds and lots of laughing. And it was really terrific. Well, and we've already used up the first half of the show. So we're going to take a little break. But when we come back, we're going to jump in to Grandparenting 101 and three generation families working together as parents and grandpas. In fact, we're going to give you a little preview of the Zoom seminar that's going out to a thousand grandparents later this week. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. It's always fun to just think together with you. It really is. Our only regret is that we can't get feedback from you. And actually, um, well, we get some. We we do get some. Yeah, fact, we, we we're going to give you an email address today that you can you can actually write to us and let us know what you'd like to hear more of on Ayers on the Road, and you can respond to what we're going to talk to you right now. So, Grandparenting One Hundred and One, we do this seminar once a month, a Zoom seminar, and then we send out little bulletins every week to about six hundred 
uh, email addresses, and most of those are married. So we figured somewhere over a thousand grandparents that we're working with right now in Grandparenting 101. If you're interested in knowing more about it, either for yourself or for your parents, just go to grandparenting101.com. But here's what we're going to talk about. Um, this module, this is the third one, and it's all about deep life relationship with individual grandkids. Don't you think it's interesting, Linda, how, um, you know, relationship goals are very different than achievement goals. If you're a grandpa and you're trying to have a relationship with a grandchild, or if you're a grandma, when you, 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 I want to be a good grandma, it's not about having classes with all your grandkids or having some kind of group activities, although that may be fun. It's about one-on-one -on -one relationships with yeah. each one. It really is. And um, interestingly, we've gathered uh, through a series of events uh, several other grandparenting resources that are quite wonderful. We are really thrilled to know them because they are on the same journey with us right now, just um, really popularizing grandparenting. And and really, this is the most fun job that we've had. Oh, that's it's great. So we're going to be on a Zoom call with them in, in an hour where we're going to get their ideas. There's about 14 of them. They're all, they all have websites on grandparenting or they do podcasts or whatever. And we're going to say to them, what, what do you think are the keys to a good individual relationship with each unique grandchild? We're going to get there. They're kind of our faculty for this course, right? Yeah. And they have their own, they have their own wonderful sites and so on that they're, they're gathering uh, grandparents who are really dedicated and deliberate too. So it has been really fun. So let us run through this little agenda of what we're going to talk about on the Zoom call with these thousand grandparents and just kind of give you a sneak preview. Um, we're going to start out on some questions we've had that have been coming in. And it's like, how, if you're a grand, if you're a grandmother, particularly, how do you set boundaries so that your, your kids aren't having you as the babysitter that come there? So they don't call you and say, hey, we're going to Mexico for a week. Can you come over and live in our house and babysit our kids for a week and you're um, saying, um, I'm too old. <laughs> no, we have a friend who has lots of energy and she does this, but she's gotten herself into a really big pickle because she's babysitting most of the time. And, you know, everybody, we, these are things we have to think about beforehand because you can really drop into a hole. Of course, we'd love to help and so on, but there's a fine line. So we'll talk about that. Again. Yeah. How, how to have one-on-one -on -one relationships that aren't these long things that are more than you can handle. We, we were trying to think of a metaphor for this person who's really getting taken advantage of as a, as a grandma, because her kids just think they can, she's at their beck and call. They think she can come babysit anytime for as long as they want. And the metaphor we well, came up with, that serious. <laughs> well, kind of, you know, and we were saying it's a little like, this is a, a this is not a perfect metaphor, but it's like if you're a player on a team and you can't be at a game, you don't have the coach go in and play your position. <laughs> you find another player to come and play your position. You let the coach continue to be the coach. The reason that's not a great metaphor is grandparents aren't the coach. The parents are really in charge, but but it's kind of a good metaphor in the sense that. You know, what, what a lot of young 
families need to do when they're when you're going away for a few days or and bless your heart if you're getting away as a married couple and having a little you know a 10-year anniversary honeymoon or something find a young couple a young married couple that can come in and sleep in your bed and take care of your kids and do the routines you have in your family and don't dump that on a on a grandma who might be too old to handle well, it. Well, that's easily easily said, but that does cost a lot of money, a lot more than it used to when yeah, we were kids. True. I mean, we we were paying, and this was the going rate of the day. We were paying uh, mom and dad with a baby. Our kids said, if they have a baby, we're fine. Go go do your thing, because we were traveling with book uh, tours a lot. Anyway, they we were paying fifty dollars a day. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> those were the days those were the days and now it's probably 200 or more i don't know but linda let me i'm going to run down this agenda and have you comment on each of these things because you're really the expert on a lot of this so if you're a, a grandparent and you're trying to have an individual strong relationship with every one of your kids we've got a few things we're going to list here and that that sort of help you really know that kid. We're going to challenge these grandparents to have a ledger, like a little notebook or some kind of a book where they're keeping track of each of their grandkids, trying to know all they can about them, what their likes and dislikes are, what their gifts are. We're going to have a section that says Jenny is, and you try to figure out who that kid is and what the gifts are and what the liabilities are and so on. And Jenny needs what you're going to try to do for that child and so on. So so here's the ways, some of the ways you can really get to know that individual child. And the first one is a grandma date or a grandpa date. What, what, why do you have these grandma dates with our grandkids? I just think it's so important. So many of our kids live long distance that when we go – um, I like to just take one child out at a time and just run and grab some breakfast with them or uh, take them on a little shopping trip or something like that. One on one where you can really one on one because those are the things that they remember. Um, there's we have a little granddaughter in Arizona and we just always go to Neaters and have French toast, you know, when it's kind of your there. place. Um, it really is so interesting what you can learn when you get a child one on one. And it is not easy. And, you know, we keep thinking, well, we'll do that every time and this will be great. It, no, it just doesn't happen because life's complicated. But when you can squeeze that in and really consciously, deliberately say, I need some alone time with this child. And go to a place where you can be alone and where you can really talk, where it's quiet and and just pepper them with questions. Everything from what's your favorite color? What's your favorite song? What's your favorite? Who's your best friend? All the way to you know what what are the what do you think you'll be when you get older? What what are you looking forward to about being sixteen? Or just just question 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 question. And what we've found is magic. If you have your little notebook, your little grand we call it the grandparents' ledger, and you're taking notes on what they're saying because you want to know them better. They sort of that brings them out. They start talking more because hey, grandpa's taking notes on what I'm saying. We also put a little memento in in these little books. You know, we went to McDonald's, so let's let's keep that straw wrapper and put it in our book so we can remember that this is where yeah. we went. 
actually the last one that we did we had grandiose ideas you know about uh, getting him alone and and going to this quiet place and so on and then we ended up at mcdonald's playland because it was a yeah and we took them at separate tables and we uh asked them lots of questions we asked them to ask some ask some questions and um, you know it didn't last very long. In fact, I think we gave they could eat a French fry for every question. Well, that was the, that's when that. I started with the four year old. You started with the six year old, and you were on one side of the restaurant. I was at the other, and I found this little Gabriel. Um, he really, I said, look, every time I ask you a question and you answer it, they're real easy. You you'll know all the answers, and every time you answer one, I'll give you a French fry. And so. We went through a whole thing of French fries, and he he was quick to answer every question I asked him, and it was awesome. And then when I got with the six-year-old, we tried to play the question turn. We call it the question turn game. So so I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, Moses is his name, and, and then when you answer it, and then you can ask me a question. And some kids are really good at that. They want to know things about you as a grandparent. Others can't think of anything to ask you. So you just say, well, just ask me the same thing I just asked you. And it goes back and forth and they're learning how to ask questions and answer them. And you're taking notes on them in your little book. And they feel special because Jay grandpa's really cares about me and he wants to know all this stuff. And I mean, it, it, these are little wonderful people who are one fourth from you genetically. <laughs> of course you can communicate with them. <laughs> Yeah, it really is so fun. Uh, I have learned the most fascinating things on these dates. And, you know, sometimes our kids are far away. But we can't take them out on dates, but we can the older kids. And we have a big crop of older kids now. But I can text them. I can text them anytime. Oh, they yeah. won't read oh, their text. They'll, they'll respond, is, most of them, to a text and just really quickly. Yeah. So last week I just decided I'm going to write to all of our college kids and married kids which is getting to be quite a little group now and just a little short thing like how are you doing what are you worried about um you know so on and it is really interesting i get a little answer back from some of them some were more complete than others but all of them said thank you we've got one grandson who's a senior in high school and every time i write him a note he writes back and saying, thank you so much for being interested. I mean, that's one of yeah, 34. That's, that's a kind of a rare one. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is so delightful to see what their answers are and what they come back with. And and uh, just to kind of feel their personalities, even though they're far away. Nothing you can do if you're really your grandparent, you really want to get to know these kids. And this this doesn't conflict with what we said earlier. you got to protect yourself and have boundaries as far as not doing things beyond your ability at your age and trying to babysit for two weeks or something. But but one really illuminating thing, I think you'd agree, honey, when you can go and spend one night, and you can offer this, it's a great gift to say to your kids, hey, why don't you guys go out for a, a day and a night? Why don't you go somewhere, stay in a hotel, have a little mini second honeymoon or something, and let me just move in and take the kids from you know the afternoon one day till the afternoon, the next day, 24 hours. When you move into that house and the parents are gone and you're with those kids and they're showing you their routines and you're helping and you're learning and you're in their environment, you're on their home turf. Wow, you learn a lot in 24 hours about those kids and about that family. Yeah, exactly. And we've done that actually for a few days at a time. Uh, we had long. kids living in. <laughs> no, it's great. 
we uh, have families living in Boston and New York. And when we go, and especially our Boston family, they were there for a long time. When we go, we are there. We are there with them full time. And the kids who are local, we have three families who are local. And the other day they were saying, we hardly ever see you because you're, you know, you were going and I'm, and, and they're you're going on these grandma days with all of our kids. We never see you. Well, no, no, <laughs> we, we, we do that too a bit, but it is just different when you're not living with them and you don't yeah. actually, you're not in their household and you don't really get what's going on. So that, and we always cry about not families that living far away, but you learn so much. You really do. And, yeah. and that's my point, honey, is that you can, I mean, you learn a lot by taking them on a little date to McDonald's one-on-one, but boy, you really learn a whole nother set of things when you stay with them in their homes and the parents aren't there. So it's the, all the relationship between you and those grandkids. It's pretty, con- pretty wonderful in a way. And you're, you're exhausted when you're done and you go home, you sleep really well. Um, do you think Linda that uh, we've had a few grandparents say, my goal is to have each of my grandparents think that they are my favorite. Is that a good goal? Yeah, it is. But, uh, that's hard because the kids start comparing themselves and so on. And uh, there's a very fine line to walk. But I do feel like every grandchild needs to feel like they are so important to you. Um, that not necessarily that you, you are my favorite. They're special. They're yeah. unique. Their they relationship just, is unique. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's really good. Maybe you have a special name for them that only you call them or a little club that only you and they are in, that you and that one grandchild. It's, it's so much to talk about. But we're, by the way, we invite any of you who want to join us, just go to grandparenting One Hundred One. Or if you want your parents to join us, we had kids yesterday saying, I am telling my parents about this. This is so fun. I want you to straighten them out. A class when you're a parent. You know, you've been away from the university for a while. And even if you have your own PhD, it's just fun. We send out assignments and we um, ask them to do specific things. And it really is fun. And, And we also send things every week to kind of remind them about what they're about. And here's an, an email address. We're going to put this in the show notes today, too. Anything you want to get back to us on, an idea you have for for this podcast or something, a question you want to ask or any of these things, we're going to have you use that grandparenting email that we get a lot of feedback. So we want it from parents or grandparents, but send it to Grandparenting 101 at gmail.com. So you got to remember three things, Iers with an S on it. It's our place. In other words, E-Y-R-E-S, grandparenting101 at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. We love we we love meeting you when we see you and you tell us you listen to the podcast. We just, we're just glad to be with you and focus for a half hour each week on something to do with family. So thank you for joining us today. We know you could give us a whole lot of ideas yes. if you could be here. And so send them in uh, on that email address. And thank you so much. We um, so appreciate uh, you joining us. And Logan Gardner, who produces this show every week. Yeah, we, awesome. he gets up early and gets us up and we, we record it. Thank you, Logan. Thanks all of you for listening. And we'll see you next time on Irish on the Road. Bye-bye.